0: Way City Church, located in Woodbridge, Virginia, is led by Pastor Marlon Yearwood and exists to reach the lost and disciple the believer. Please open with me to John chapter 6. John chapter 6, and we're going to be focusing on verses 1 through 15 this morning. And I know in this one chapter, there is so much. You could probably preach months' worth of sermons in this one chapter alone, but uh, for time's sake, we'll just focus on verses 1 through 15. And I want to talk to you this morning about how our Lord Jesus Christ is far more than enough. Is far more than enough. Amen? And that's important to understand in a time like what we're facing nowadays. And, and sometimes, and sometimes, you know, when, when you're in the moment, you tend to forget what the world has experienced in times past, right? You tend to think, oh, this, this has gotta be the, the pinnacle. This has gotta be as, as bad as it's ever been before, right? And sometimes that can cause you to kinda lose perspective. And so by God's grace, I pray that we may regain a, 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 a godly, those of us who may have let that perspective slip, that we'll re- get back a godly perspective this morning, a biblical perspective, and understand that we have a, a Lord, a, a, a God who is far more than enough to meet every challenge, every obstacle in our lives. Amen? Amen. Let's look at John chapter 6, starting in verse 1. All right. And the scripture says this. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs, which he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Let's pause there for a moment. Now, when it says after these things, uh, that these things is referring to there in verse 1. Uh, is to the events that we read previously in chapter 5, where Jesus healed the man at the pool called Bethesda, right? And then he had that that confrontation with the Jews because they were upset that he, he healed on the Sabbath, okay? So they're saying after those things, right, Jesus is now, he's sitting with his disciples on a mountain, right? Okay? Let's read on. And it says, Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. <laughs> now let's, let's, let's pause for a moment and, and, and really take this in, right? This, this is amazing. There is an amazing and encouraging and just a sweet truth here. To take notice of, okay? Notice how no one has said to the Lord, Lord, these people are hungry. None of the disciples said that to him. None, the crowd didn't cry out. We're hungry. We're hungry. Feed us. Feed us, right? Before anyone has said anything to Jesus, he sees the crowd coming, and our, lo- our Lord already knows their need. It kind of reminds us, right, of, of Jesus's words in Matthew 6, when he says, for your father... Already knows what you need before you even ask him. And here we see a demonstration of our God. Let that encourage you. Our God knows what we need before we ever say a word, before we even ask. He knows, right? And, and look, he's already made preparations, he's already made provisions, he's already got a plan to meet the need. He says, he, he, he asks this question to his disciple He says, what, uh, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? That's what's on the Lord's mind already, right? And then he says, to test him, he says, uh, for he himself knew what he would do. He already had a plan, right? Here's our Lord sitting among his disciples, right, sitting among his people. Think of the disciples as, as representatives of us, right, his people. Here's our Lord sitting amongst his people, but he is totally aware of the needs around him. Of the needs of the world around him, he's not oblivious to it. He doesn't ignore it, but he's compassionate, and he already has a plan. And that's what I really want to emphasize here: the Lord already has a plan. Let that recalibrate our perspective. Let's not 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 be like those who don't know the Lord. Like I, I, it reminds me of that pa- the passage in Scripture where it says. Um, about those who have lost loved ones and said, let us not grieve as those who do not know the Lord. Let us not grieve the way they grieve, right? For we have a hope. We have a future. Our Lord has promised us great things, right? Praise God. in verse five, it says this, right? We see the Lord ask one of his disciples that question, right? He says, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? And verse six, explaining that he had a plan, This kind of reminds me of another passage in Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37 verse 3, where the Lord says this. Son of man, can these bones live? Now, this is a story about Ezekiel in the Valley of Dry Bones, right? And so so I see some definite similarities here. Ezekiel, this was a a vision that Ezekiel was given. Right. But in this vision, we have a situation that seems seemingly like 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 it's just impossible. No one would ever be able to do this. And the Lord asks Ezekiel a seemingly impossible question. Can these bones live? Now notice this. Watch Ezekiel's response in verse three. Ezekiel says this. Oh, Lord God, you know. Oh, Lord God, you know. Right on, Ezekiel. Right on. And then we come back to John 6, right? And here, let's, let's notice the similarities here. We have another seemingly impossible task. And the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord in human form, our Lord God is asking another one of his people, he's asking another one of his servants, he's asking Philip, where are we going to buy bread for these people? To test them. Now, I want you to take note of the difference in the responses, okay? Notice how... Philip responds. Ezekiel said, oh, Lord God, you know, Philip says this in verse 7. He says, in verse 7, it says, Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. He's saying this massive amount of money, and I think I saw somewhere that it was something like two months' worth of wages. Six months, okay. Six months' worth of wages would not have been enough. To feed all these people just a little, just a bite. Seemingly impossible task, right? What Philip is saying is, there's no way we're going to be able to feed these people. He's saying, this is way bigger than us. Listen to what he's saying here. Philip is starting to consider natural means to solve this problem. Notice the difference. Ezekiel said, oh Lord God, you know. But Philip was like, you, you can almost imagine, like, it says this, Philip is standing there. He's kind of like going through his pockets. And he's like, you know, wait, well, hold on, Lord. Uh, you guys, can I borrow a little? And it's like he's trying to figure out where he's going to get the money to pay for all this. Philip is trying to work out with his own understanding, with his own human intellect, how to solve this problem. And all the while, get this. Sitting right there next to him is the Lord God, Jehovah Jireh, in human form, our provider. All he had to do is turn to him and say, oh, Lord God, you know. But he doesn't. He starts trying to work it out in his own mind. He starts trying to do the math and the calculations. And and I know it would be so easy right now to kind of pause and kind of shake our heads at Philip and be like, Philip, come on, man, right? And let's be honest, let's be honest. This would seemingly, right, on the surface, in a natural sense, be a perfectly normal answer, right? It's the the, the type of thing you probably expect from somebody if they hadn't been walking with the Lord Jesus Christ for as long as Philip has at this point, right? I mean, think of the things Philip has probably been a first-hand witness of. All kinds of miracles. Limbs, withered limbs growing back. I mean, he's seen the Lord heal people. He just saw him heal people at the pool of Bethesda, heal a man at the pool of Bethesda, a man who had been sitting there for years, right? He's seen all kinds of miracles. He's heard amazing words. Who has ever spoken like this man with authority, right? And yet and still, his first response, his natural reaction, is to try to figure it out on his own. And like I said, it would be easy for us to kind of shake our head and be like, Philip, what are you doing? But let's pause and consider how often we do that, right? I mean, even we who have experienced the miraculous saving power of Jesus Christ that is able to transform fallen man into a new creation with new desires, with a new heart, with a new mind, God is able to take a wretched a wretched soul that that wanted to uh, uh, chase after godless things, chase after uh, worldly desires. God is able to transform them into a new creation and do this miraculous work. You know, a lot of people talk about whether or not God still does miracles. And to me, that is such a bizarre question. (laughs) Because first off, yes, I am a a continuationist. I believe the Lord does miraculous things in the earth. He heals supernaturally, does all kinds of things still to this day, because Lord knows we need it. But just the miracle of salvation that the Lord is doing every day. Can a leopard change the spots? With God, all things are possible. Though your sins be red as scarlet, God is able to make them white as snow. That is a miracle that God is able to justify the ungodly through his son, Jesus Christ. And all the miracles we've experienced at the hand of our God, all that we've seen him be capable of doing, and how often do we ourselves try to figure it out for ourselves, right? Right? I mean, ask yourself, do you ever look to worldly means, or natural provisions, instead of looking to the Lord God, who is our provider? right? Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 through 6, right? We remember that. That's a very popular verse. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Let's stop and really examine ourselves. Do we do that when the challenges come, when the obstacles present themselves, when we're faced with a seemingly impossible task, and, we, and it's like the voice of the Lord is testing us. Where, how are we going to solve this? Where, 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 where are you going to buy bread for this? How do you respond? Right? Do you acknowledge the Lord in all your ways? Do you look to him, or do you look to your own understanding and ideas? Maybe your own training or your education, right? You think you're clever enough, right? Right? I went to such and such university, right? I'm qualified, I can, I can do this. I can pull myself up by my own bootstraps, right? We like that, now don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm not saying you, know, you get an escapism from personal responsibility, but what I am saying is to trust in the arm of the flesh is folly, right? Ask yourself, do you look to worldly theories and ideologies to find the answers to the problems you and your community face? Or do you look to Christ who tells us that he is the way, the truth, and the life? No man comes to God except through him. Do you really believe that? Do you really believe that Christ is far more than enough? In verses 8, let's let's read on. In verse 8 it says this, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, "There's a lad here when he has five uh, I'm sorry, there's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish. But what are they among so many?" Then Jesus said, "Make the people sit down." Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when, he had t- and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. Did you catch that? There's the sufficiency, right? There's the enough part, right? As much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain, so that nothing is lost. Therefore, they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the, of the five barley loaves which were left over by those who had eaten. Then those men, when they had, had seen the sign that Jesus said, I'm sorry, that Jesus did said, this is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. Therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he departed again to the mountain by himself alone. There's the more than enough. They had eaten all that they wanted. There's the enough. But afterwards, they gathered up 12. Come on. All right. Let's let's pause. Let's take this into consideration. First, the Bible just told us that there's at least 5,000 men. That's not mentioning women and children, right? Thousands. Thousands, right? And it's, our Lord is so, I mean, I know sometimes we don't think of him that way, but Jesus is so cool, man. I'm telling you, he, he listen to his response. He says to his disciple, Philip, he goes, where should we buy bread for all these people? He's just like so chill about it. It's like thousands of people are coming to us. Do you, no previous provisions have been made. They weren't planning on this. And as a matter of fact, in some of the accounts and some of the synoptic gospels, the, the disciples actually try to get the Lord to send the people away. <laughs> It's like totally different perspective. It, it it shows that the Lord was still discipling them, right? The disciples, but they're like, you know, just send them away. This is too big a deal. And it's like, guys, really? And listen, our Lord is like, we're gonna we're, we're, we're gonna handle this. But I, you know, I want to know what you guys think about this. And their minds just go to natural things. But look what the Lord does. Here comes a a child, right? And and this is. <laughs> This is what jumped out at me. We got thousands of people here, and in this crowd of thousands of hungry people, this child is the only one who appears to have food. Now, how many of us would have been like, y'all short, right? I've been nibbling that bread and barley loaves, right? But thank God, by God's grace, he doesn't just hoard it. He doesn't just hide it. You're like, man, y'all look hungry. no. He gives it to the Lord. He takes what little he has. Catch this. He takes what little he has and entrusts it to the Lord. He entrusts it. He has to look, look, look. If this goes wrong, he's in the same boat as the rest of them. Now, if he just kind of focuses on what's in his hand, at least he might have a little to hold him over to he gets home. Right? Just a little bit. Two small fish and five barley loaves, right? Might be enough to get them home. The rest of the people, just they just, they're short, right? But no, by God's grace, he hands over what small, what small amount he has to the Lord and trusting that he's not, he's not going to ruin this. He's not going to ruin this for me. Because if he does, I'm just as hungry as the rest of them. But he hands it over to the Lord and look, Look what the Lord does. The Lord takes it and he multiplies it in such an abundance. God does uh, awesome work so great that everybody ate all that they wanted. I mean, just get this picture in your mind, right? And you know, there's always those, those individuals sitting in the crowd and they trying to overfill themselves. Like, oh, oh you going to finish that? You know? and, trying, and, and they just pack themselves full. And by the, mo- by the time they're finished, there's still 12 baskets left. Jesus is more than enough. Come on, far more than enough. Do you think he stopped doing this? Of course not. Jehovah Jireh is still providing to this day. And I'm not just talking about food and I'm not just talking about uh, uh, physical things. He's doing that too. He's providing for his people for As the scripture says, I've been young and now I'm old. And never have I seen the righteous forsaken, neither his seed begging for bread. The Lord will care for his people. I'm not saying he's going to turn you into Bill Gates. What I'm saying is he's going to take care of his people. Amen? God is faithful. But what you've got to ask yourself is, are you trusting him? Are you trusting him? Our Lord is standing by and he's He's watching. What are you going to do with that little that you have? Are you going to put your trust in that little that you have, or are you going to entrust that little to him? And watch what he does with it. Watch what he does with it. I promise you, if you trust him, he won't fail you. He won't fail you. I'm not going to be before you long, but consider these matters. In light of what we have read, consider today, are you looking to other things? Money, promotions, maybe human relationships, or maybe even the government. Are you looking to the government to solve your problems? Rather than looking to the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you been trusting in, hoping in, looking to other things to help you when you need help? Rather than looking to the Lord Jesus Christ, someone, someone listening right now might be thinking to yourself, I know what I'm doing is wrong, but I got to keep doing it. I got to keep doing it to, to survive. Somebody on the internet right now might be thinking that to themselves. I know what I'm doing is wrong, but if I stop, I won't have a place to live. They'll kick me out. If I stop, I won't have any food to eat. I know what I'm doing is wrong, but, but preacher, if I stop, they'll leave me. To trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Repent of that sin. Repent of that sin. Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. He'll never leave you and he'll never forsake you. He'll take care of you if you trust in him. If you trust in him. And trust it to the Lord. What or who are you looking to for the answers? Are you looking to worldly theories and ideologies for the answers? Or are you looking to the Lord Jesus Christ, who is far more than enough for every problem? that you and those around you are facing, he can do it. Do you believe that? Do you believe he's far more than enough? Do you believe if you entrust it to him, he'll lead you in the right path? If you have examined yourself, and hopefully we all have, if you have examined yourself and And you see that you've been setting worldly wisdom. Or even your own understanding above the wisdom and will of God in the Lord Jesus Christ. Repent of this sin. And begin to look to the Lord Jesus Christ. Who is our all in all. And is far more than enough. And in closing. If anyone listening has not yet been... Reconciled to God. Be reconciled today. You can have peace with God today. Repent of your sins and believe the gospel. Believe that the Lord Jesus Christ suffered and died for your sins so that you do not have to perish for your sins. Believe that the Lord Jesus was buried and that he rose from the dead three days later. And God will forgive you of all your sins and give you eternal life with him. You can have peace with God right now where you are. You can know that if today was your day, you would be with him in paradise as he told the thief on the cross. I'm going to go ahead and close in prayer. Merciful Father, We are so grateful, Lord God, for this word. We are so grateful for your sufficiency, Lord. We are so grateful for your super-sufficiency, Lord, that you are more than enough. You are far more than enough. Lord God, we thank you for all that you're doing right now in this place, in the hearts of the hearers. Lord, we know that apart from you, we can do nothing. And so, Lord if we see those places in our life where we have been trusting in other things in our own cleverness in our own wisdom and our own understanding in the wisdom of this world lord help us to turn help us to turn lord help us to turn back to you it's sometimes so much easier to say than to do to trust in the unseen, to to, to trust in our invisible Lord and to know that he's got us. But Lord, we know with you, all things are possible. You can help our unbelief. You can strengthen our weak faith. And you can show us how you're far more than enough. can take what little that we have when we entrust it to you and multiply it beyond what we ever could have imagined. You can do exceedingly, abundantly, far more than we could ever ask or think. And we thank you for it, Lord God, and we give you all the glory. And if there's anyone here, Lord God, who does not know you, who does not have relationship with you through, through repentance and faith, Saving faith in your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, Father, draw them by your powerful Holy Spirit. We know your word says that no one can come to your son, Jesus, unless you draw them, Father. And so, Father, we pray that you draw lost souls even now on the Internet. Any who might be in this place, Lord, draw them by the power of your Holy Spirit. And bring them to repentance and faith in your son, that they might... Know this great joy we have in you, Lord, that they might know the blessedness of peace with you, Lord God. That they might be reconciled to you, Father. You who loved them so much that you sent your only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Father, we thank you. Thank you for loving us, Father. Thank you for your grace. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Your thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. We'd love to hear from you. Visit us at thewaycitychurch.org.